Hello, product innovators. Today we learn the process and best practices of electronic product design from an EE design platform CEO. This is the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in hardware product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Mako, the leading expert on product development for hardware startups. Welcome back, everyone. I'm very excited to introduce Tamide Adesami to the show. Tamide is the founder of CircuitMind, an electronics engineering platform that supports heavily improved EE design and development. Today, Tamide will share some valuable knowledge for inventors, startups, and small manufacturers on how electronics product startups are leading the charge, what best practices are in electronics engineering and consumer product development, and tools to improve the electronics design process. Now, on to the episode. This show is produced by Mako Design, the original firm providing end-to-end consumer product development services tailored specifically to hardware startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Take your product from idea to store shelves at MakoDesign.com. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Tamide. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to see you, Kevin. Oh, it's great to have you on the show. It's nice to see you again. I know we've been in discussions and many of our team members have been working with you guys and looking at all the amazing things that you're doing at CircuitMind, which is incredible for the electronic engineering field. Today, I'm really excited to talk about not only electronic engineering, but how hardware startups can look at electronic engineering, why it's so important in these days, what's happening in the world of innovations that have electronics baked into them. And what are some of the best practices of how to get your electronics invention to market quicker, more effectively, higher quality at a lower cost, and all these other sort of great things that are really advancing very quickly in the electronics engineering and electronics product design field. But before we get into all that great stuff, uh, Tamita, just give us a bit of a background of how you got to be the big success story that you are today with CircuitMind. Still working on big success story, but let's start with a small success story. So I'm Tamide. I'm the co-founder and CEO of CircuitMind. Before CircuitMind, I was an electronic systems engineer, so I used to be in the field. I used to build helmet-mounted display systems and heads-up display systems for jet fighter pilots at a company called BAE Systems. It's an aerospace and defense company in the UK. You know, one day I was just kind of looking back at my career and I thought, look, I spent four years on a couple of different projects, took us $10 million, takes four years to launch a product. And I just kind of looked back and thought, look, I spent a lot of time on doing tedious tasks that I didn't necessarily have to do. I didn't do the best, most creative things that I wanted to kind of accomplish. And so I started looking for solutions. And that's what brought me onto the path of developing automation solutions for electronics engineers. So, you know, I left BA Systems, met my co-founder, who's an algorithm engineer. And we formed CircuitMind to build algorithms for electronics engineers. We've raised money from Google, Silicon Valley, et cetera, et cetera. Launched to many different customers across North America and Europe and Asia. It's been a really great journey so far. Yeah, it's amazing. I appreciate you mentioning it. You're very humble, but you know, you've raised close to $10 million, including some major Silicon Valley backers, including Google, of course. So Uh, Kudos to you. I know you've worked with hundreds of hardware companies over your history, your career, as well as with CircuitMind. So you really see what's happening at the forefront of hardware product development, especially for electronics products, which is a huge vertical. I think at Maco Design, more than half of our products, I mean, we deal with all mass manufactured consumer products, but I would say the majority of them have some element of electronics in it. So that's why Mm -hmm. we have a full stack electronics engineering team because it is very much a requirement today in developing new hardware products to be on the leading edge of 
not only new technologies, but new innovations or reinvention of existing innovations now with electronics components. So of course, in order to design, engineer, and build those hardware products, you need to have great technology and electronics design in order to be able to put all this stuff together. So before we jump into some of the nitty gritty, just give me a high level of what you're seeing in the electronics product world as of late 2023, early 2024 here, Tamita. Yeah, let me give you, you know, my thought on the electronics product development ecosystem. So I think the first thing that everyone would agree with is that electronics products are becoming more ubiquitous. They're in everything now. When Elon Musk is talking about self-driving cars, building rockets that can go to Mars, when you're talking about renewable energy systems, carbon capture systems, IoT systems, et cetera, et cetera, the kind of conclusion you come to is that the world needs more electronics hardware. So it's a very interesting phenomenon. I think this is where there's loads and loads of opportunity for people who are gritty, who are resilient, and who are ready to kind of dig in to building something, you know, atoms rather than bits. Yeah, that's great insight. And I mean, talk about what you're seeing, especially from hardware startups, because from what we see, there's been a massive revolution where corporations essentially are spending potentially less in R&D, but more in acquisition because they're letting the next hot hardware startup come up with the idea, develop the proof of concept, get some early units to sale, and then they buy them out and scale them. So we're seeing a very large shift, let's call it innovation coming from the bottom up as opposed to the top down. And I'm curious what you're seeing being behind the tools of the trade as well. Large corporations have become quite slow and sluggish innovation. Coming up with something new that's risky, that's unproven, is... Because of the, again, the iterative life cycle of hardware, it's quite difficult for them to almost do a like sort of lean iterative approach to building something very new, very risky that has never existed before. So what we're seeing is the people that take this leap, the people that take this jump are more of these kind of hardware startups, a smart maker in his garage who has ideas, who wants to be an inventor, who wants to be Iron Man or Tony Stark. They're almost dreamy. They're almost pragmatic, but also world beaters. Those are the people that are coming up with these new inventions. And then you have, like you said, these corporations waiting in the wings to kind of swipe them up and add to a new business line or a new product to the portfolio. What are you finding that these hardware startups are looking for in order to get their product to market? Like, How do you get to market well? And what is the demand now from the earlier stage innovators, inventors? The early stage Tony Starks, as you say, that are trying to build their next hot hardware product and get it to market? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So, you know, one of the things that I see from a lot of entrepreneurs, innovators, people who want to invent is that if they weren't in the electronics or hardware industry before and they want to build something new, when they get into the industry, they're incredibly shocked at how archaic all the tools and all the processes are to try to get something into market. In the software world, we're used to this idea of lean product development, where you can come up with an idea, write some code and have a janky UI in a garage. You know, you have all these stories of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates of building stuff, putting it out to market, iterating on it, etc. The problem though, is in the hardware world, you can have that, right? On the first design cycle, you've made a mistake. 
and then go back to the drawing board. At the same time, you're trying to organize your supply chain. You're trying to reduce your bill of material costs as much as possible. You're trying to get the best performance, power performance. You're trying to fit in a small form factor of your IAT product. And you're trying to do all of these things all at once. It's very hard to find tools that can help you to make this a more agile process. So people are looking for agility and to get the best possible product at the end of their design process. That's great. I mean, it all comes down to you want to be efficient with your spend, you want to iterate quickly, and you want to have high quality product that fits whatever it is that the use cases that you're looking for. And especially as a hardware startup, you should really be looking at starting lean, not only in the design development engineering and all that, making sure you're working with folks and designers that understand that startup mentality, but as well, you want to be thinking about your own feature set, keeping it relatively stripped down. We throw the word around a lot, minimum viable product, MVP. You really want to be thinking about what features you're going to roll out on your first version of the product, and then what features you're going to potentially scale into for your subsequent pro versions, whatever else that might be down the road, as you use your first product to get some traction, some money, potentially from sales and or investment. So looking at the product in two ways, trying to think about how you can be lean and efficient as a startup on the development side, but also lean in terms of your future sets, offering something great to the world, typically solving the original one or two key pain points that you were addressing with that innovation that you originally came up with and not trying to go too much into feature creep. So that brings us back to the tools. And let's talk about, since there's a show today about electronic engineering, let's talk about the electronic engineering process. Just give Mm -hmm. a bit of a high level of what it looks like going from breadboard to circuit design to PCB design and firmware, and then on to various stages of prototypes and whatnot. Let's get a quick overview of of the types. And then I want to dip into the actual tools and software, including CircuitMine and how that actually plays into creating those efficiencies, the quality supply chain, and all those other benefits that a good electronic engineering team should be looking for when developing out any version of a product, but especially the first version. Perfect. Love to kind of walk you through it. So the design process is just bear in mind at a very top level. On average, you will be doing three to 10 iterations to get to a final electronics design. And in between those iterations, you'll be doing prototyping and testing. So you'll be ordering these things, you'll be assembling them, you'll be prototyping them, testing, and then going into those iterations. This is why it's going to take you six to 24 months. So how are those broken down? So you have the initial point where you are coming up with your requirements and creating your electronic circuit architecture. So you draw a block diagram that says, I want a microcontroller, I want a Bluetooth, I want the Bluetooth to have this range and so on and so forth. So you create this kind of top-level requirements. In your requirements, you also want to capture non-functional things like, I want the bomb cost to be at most this. I want it to fit in this form factor and other things like that. The next thing you do is you then go out and then start finding your major components, the key pieces of your component. And the problem with this is you're going to DigiKey, many different distributable websites, you are reading data sheets to try to find out whether these components meet your requirements and also are compatible with each other. Uh, so this is key. So you're choosing this major components. Then you go and then you choose all other components and do what we call schematic capture. So this is where you're selecting components, connecting them together, 
adding all the things around them that make a circuit function. During this process, you're also doing analysis, analysis on things like power consumption, cost, et cetera, et cetera. And then after this, you do placement. So this is where you position on a software tool, you position the components on a board. And this board is three-dimensional because it also has layers. So it's two-dimensional and then it has layers. And then you do your routing, which is connecting the pins of these components together in such a way that they don't cross each other. And also there are other things that you are, are taking into account, like signal integrity, electromagnetic interference, and other things like this. So this is kind of the whole end-to-end process. You're usually doing different versions, different fidelities. If you think about like a prototype, a UI prototype, you have different levels of fidelity. The first one, you have EVT, DVT, PVT. EVT is I want it to just function with the most minimal things. I might development boards, eval boards, and just put it together. DVT is I wanted to get as close to the final thing as possible, form factor, you know, functionality and so on. And PVT is I want this to be the manufacturable thing. The process is cut across in different kind of dimensions. That's super helpful. I appreciate the big overview there. A lot of steps. It does sound daunting if you're new to electronic engineering, but the reality is the process that has been outlaid here really mm-hmm. makes design robust. You start in layers. You look at it almost as a pyramid. You've got your foundation, which is your specifications, and then using that information to really figure out what your components are, drafting them together into a rough breadboard or roughing them together. We literally have them on a bench test, sometimes just soldered together various bits and pieces. Then yes. you're actually building out some of the elements as well that might play into it that wasn't noted as the firmware element, depending on the type oh, yes. of electronic firmware is a big piece of it. That's essentially the software behind how all these electronic pieces go together. You'll Mm -hmm. be starting to write firmware code as early as your original circuit design on your breadboard, but it gets much more advanced as you go into PCB, as you're laying it out, as you mentioned, and then further on into getting it manufactured ready. We call it DFM, Design for Manufacture Grade. So you're actually ready to produce. But the reality is if you follow this process with people who know what they're doing and are Mm -hmm. seasoned, especially working in a startup mentality, it it isn't nearly as complicated as it sounds because it's very isolated to your core components, to the core variables that you put together, everything reverting back to the vision, which is the specification document that you have. And at the end of the day, if you follow this process, if you don't skip steps, if you don't try and shortcut really key and really important developmental learning elements and experimentation and testing of these things, as you mentioned, that's a piece that happens between iterations of prototypes. If you follow Mm -hmm. that process, at the end of the day, you end up with a world-class product. And that is really phenomenal, not only because you've now achieved the functionality that you want, the features that you want, it's the real thing, the real product, but you've created a tremendous amount of intellectual property along that path as well. You've got really a fantastic system now, both hardware, underlying firmware and software and use case and whatever else that is your proprietary value to the product, or at least much of it. Is likely at that point, especially if it's a custom design product from scratch, much of it is likely proprietary and gives you a tremendous amount of IP value to your product, let alone, of course, user value, because we want it to be a great product at the end of the day. So let's drill down. I want to finish out the episode here talking about specific tools and how CircuitMind is improving the process, how it's making it more efficient, how it's using AI to help these processes, better quality better integration with everything from ideation to supply chain, 
Talk a bit about CircuitMind, how it works and how it's improving the lives of designers and engineers. I know we very much appreciate the work that you guys are doing at Maco Design. So mm -hmm. give everybody a bit of a technical understanding, whether you're a technical founder or non-technical, this is important that you're working in the right way with your teams. And Tamide can give you a description of really how that's done best practices today. So you perfectly articulated on that process. And one of the things I would say is there's a reason why the process has evolved to that. It's basically been extremely experienced engineers working for decades to come up with a process that's bulletproof to get you to a product that actually really works. And so what we do at CircuitMind is we try to help you. There's a four main things that we're trying to really help in that process. The first one is, can we rapidly speed up that process? So the process that I mentioned from going from that idea, the concept, those major components, getting a schematic captured and analysis on that schematic, we want to make you a thousand times faster in doing that. That's the first thing, 1,000 thousand times faster. And it's actually much more than that, but I think 1,000 times just captures the imagination. The second one is to help you optimize your design. Because right now, because you have so many hundreds of thousands of you know, major ICs out there, integrated circuits, the major components. So you're not really optimizing for performance, cost, power, size. We want you to get the most optimized design for your needs. So if you are an IoT startup and you want a long battery life, right now you're able to do a design that's giving you three weeks of battery life. Can you double that? The third one is the iterations you should do in your design process should come because you're doing exactly what you said, Kevin, which is you're starting from a stripped down version and just adding more. Not because you have you're making mistakes, but that happens all the time. Every single time you'll make a mistake and you have to do an iteration and then reducing respins from chip availability issues. So that's what we're trying to do. Speed you up, optimize, prevent respins from errors and availability issues. So that's what CircuitMind does. And what we use is deterministic algorithms that can help you go from architecture, so that block diagram, high-level requirements, to a completed schematic capture. That's what the platform does. So here's how it works. This platform would sit alongside all your electronic computer-aided design tools that exist today. It's not replacing anything. It sits on top of them to help you generate a design you can build on top of. It focuses on the front end of your design process. So this, that's architecture, that component selection, schematic capture, and analysis, like supply chain and bomb analysis and verification. So you specify your requirements as a block diagram at a high level. Most people will have a block diagram either in PowerPoint, on a piece of paper, et cetera. You can specify lower level requirements on each block. Oh, I want my microcontroller to be from ST. I want to make my memory size greater than or equal to 30 megabits, whatever you want. Then you can specify with sliders, trade-offs, like cost, size, power, availability of components. Click a button. The platform will look at quintillions of potential design options, check for compatibility, check for all the addresses, check for registers, all of that stuff, connect the components together, add all the supplementary components, pull ups, pull downs, decoupling capacitors, and get you an answer. And kind of this is the key to the platform, this solution exploration and initial design that you can build on top of. Well, Tamita, we really appreciate the work that you're doing because you make the job of designers and engineers and testers and all of that easier and everything's constantly improving. And that's one of the big themes with electronic engineering is every year there's 
more tools and more systems and more algorithms, more improvements to the existing software and so on that makes it more accessible for hardware startups specifically that don't have potentially big budgets or long timelines to be able to get their ideas from what's in their head to a manufactured product. And that's what's key. The key is to be on the leading edge of those innovations. So as you're designing and developing these products, you can get to market faster at a higher quality or more iterations or whatever else it is that is adding value to the hardware startup so that hardware startups can get to market with more product. And that at the end of the day is a really important trend in the industry, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, but something that makes it so powerful for hardware startups. For anyone who's listening today, understand that you're in that bracket. As you're innovating your product or as your company, if you're just in the idea phase, know that there's more available now than ever before to get that product to market. And that's something that you can increasingly rely on over time. But now is a tremendous time, especially as we're rolling into 2024, as there's so much happening in the market, as there's so much redesign of so many different products, there's so much opportunity out there, as you mentioned to me today, that it's important as a hardware startup to try and understand when the technology is ready for you and when you can start executing quickly on making your vision come to life. Before I let you go, what is the website that uh, folks can learn more about uh, the software? Yeah, to learn more about CircuitMind, you can visit www.circuitmind.io. So C-I-R-C-U-I-T-M-I-N-D.io. And as always, I will put the links in the show notes below. So anybody who wants to just click through can go through there. Tamide, thanks again for all your words of wisdom today is sharing how hardware development, especially for electronics product, is getting easier, faster, and better in almost every way. And thanks for the tools of the trade that are helping make those visions become a reality for so many hardware startups around the world. Thank you very much for having me, Kevin. And appreciate the work you do as well for all the hardware companies out there. Thank you. Appreciate it and take care. Cheers, Kevin. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and hit the like button and subscribe. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Mako, North America's leading expert on product development for hardware startups. And the podcast is produced by Mako Design, the original firm providing end-to-end consumer product development services tailored specifically to hardware startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Take your product from idea to store shelves at macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com. Thanks for joining and see you again soon.